You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. This is episode number 23 of Living the Dream with Rory O'Malley. If you like the podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Audition side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey there, dreamers. Rory O'Malley here. Thanks for listening to Living the Dream. How's everyone doing? This week, my guest is Michael Luaye, who is our Hamilton on the Hamilton tour, the Angelica tour that is currently in San Francisco. Michael was in the Broadway company. He was the alternate for Javi. And he joined the company uh, over a year ago, or about a year ago, and was the first new person to come into the show after I joined. So I really was glad to see a new face come into the building and not be the new guy anymore. Michael is so ridiculously talented and has made such a a huge impact on the Hamilton company family because he kind of stepped right into the role of Hamilton and then also on Broadway was able to step into the role of Burr and and do that 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 part as well which is no easy feat clearly uh but what's really insane is one day Michael performed I think it was in the on the matinee he performed Burr and at night, he was Hamilton. He performed both roles in the same day. <laughs> I don't think that's been done since. It certainly had, wasn't done before that. Um, so the man has many, many, many talents. He's uh, a really humble, sweet, quiet guy, as you'll, you'll hear on the podcast. But I learned so much about him that I didn't realize about how he got into theater and his journey to get to the role of Hamilton at just the age of 26. He's 26 years old. Um, this guy is going to be doing a lot of great things in this business. And he's one of those people that I'm just glad I'm going to get to say I knew him when and that I got to be in Hamilton on Broadway and in the Hamilton tour. The Hamilton tour, um, it's it's... It's a real privilege to get to work with this guy. And uh, we talk about our favorite, or my, our favorite. <laughs> I've decided it's his favorite moment of the show, but um, it's definitely mine, is connecting with him at the end of the show. And I was glad I got to talk with him about that. He and I see each other at the end of every show. And to look somebody in the eyes 
who has just performed the role of Hamilton in Hamilton, an American musical, at the end of every show, is pretty daunting. And to see what his journey has been for those three hours compared to my journey, which is a very different experience. I'm in a musical comedy and he's, you know, telling the story of America. Uh, but he's, he's such a great guy and I'm so glad that I got to share his story. So please enjoy my conversation with Michael Luaye, Hamilton. Hi, Michael. Hello. How are you? I'm good. We are in your dressing room after a matinee performance, a, yes. a wonderful matinee performance. For Eduham performance. An Eduham performance. What is an Eduham? Eduham is when we perform the show for the kids. For the kids. Students in the area. It's so amazing. And this crowd was freaking electrifying yeah. today. Yeah. And which is, which it's, you never know what you're going to get with these kids. Yeah. I usually, usually it's, Usually the crowds, like, you know that they're going to be, like, very active. Right. Before and after the show. But once the show starts... <laughs> all the in-between. All the in-between. It's like they're, they're, they're a listening crowd sometimes. Yeah. They completely listen. Sometimes where, um, like, adult audiences will react. They react, like, tenfold in one direction or, like, very, very quiet. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's unpredictable what an Edgerham audience will be like. yeah and the, the the things that they laugh at yes at all like they will laugh in the places that you've never had a response and the places for me where i'm like yeah that's my money uh-huh. joke it's crickets Doesn't every happen. time oh my <laughs> every goodness. time i always laugh to myself when i say um they say George Washington's yielding his power and stepping away mm-hmm. is that true i wasn't aware that was something a person could do laughs every night uh-huh. it has never gotten a laugh from, from Edgerham never even once. in New York never oh never. my gosh no and I just think it's funny because the joke is you know this privileged character this man who just assumes that he's you know a, he's born into uh, ruling a country mm-hmm. and I don't know I just wonder if it's like such a foreign concept do you know what I mean yeah I, like, I completely do because I'm, I'm I I I wonder that. I, I mean, if I was if I was in high school, I don't think that I would catch that yeah. myself. You know, yeah. at that time, I'm, I probably wouldn't be thinking that. So I'd probably be a part of that silence. Well, it's, yeah, well, me too. Me too. But it's it's funny because it it reminds me that it's such a well written show because you can perform it for twenty three hundred high school students and they have a completely different experience and a, a different entry point into it that is different from the people who come to see it who are like you know paying top dollar for a ticket yeah. it's, it's or different. like people in the audience who are teachers themselves who are history yeah. teachers right people who obsess over history and they Everyone, know like all of this actual factual people information. who love hip-hop yeah. who are just like catching all the different references mm-hmm. that lynn put in there to yeah. hip-hop music people love musicals yeah no it's it but but eduham is a education for us as well boom (laughs) (laughs) okay okay let's get let's get into we are uh we're very lucky to have each other on this hamill tour here in san francisco i i certainly feel very lucky that you are a part of this because we were both in the new york cast Mm -hmm. 
And I'll never forget the day you ran to my dressing room <laughs> when it was announced, or you some. No, oh, no it so was, so that was day, it? that day was. Um, I was sitting in my dressing room, yeah. and our PSM on Broadway, um, right. Amber White, came to me, and I had known that I was. I knew that I was leaving right. the show on Broadway by that point, and she had known that I was leaving too, but right. like very, very few people knew. Sure. I wasn't really allowed to tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. And so she came up to me and she said that we were going to have a an email for going, goings and comings, like right. people who were leaving the show, people who were coming uh, into the show, and you won't be included into this, talking to me. Right. Um, in, in this one, because we're not ready to announce it yet. We'll be announcing it at a later date. Um, but it will include Rory. And I was like, and I knew that you were leaving the show at a point. Right. Um, but she said, because Rory's going to be going to the West Coast tour. And I was like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, after we had had that discussion and everything like that, she left. And, yeah, I booked it to your dressing room. Yeah. And I was like, wait, you're, you're going to the you're yeah. be on the uh, West Coast tour? I'm going to be your Hamilton. It, it just, oh, I loved that. I, I'll never forget it because I, it wasn't, it wasn't just that I was excited that I was going to have a buddy mm-hmm. on this, you know, on this journey, but that you were going to be given the reins in this role and have your own company. And I just, you so earned it. You were so ready. And uh, I was so thrilled for you. And that was hard for me. It was harder for me to keep it a secret that you were going to be Hamilton <laughs> than it was for me to, to say that I was that I was going to be the king on the tour. Oh, yeah, man. that I was leaving. Because um, it was just so exciting. Yeah. Uh, what, what, now, let's go into your how you got into the show because you came into the show at a point that I mean not that I was with it too much before but I can't imagine a crazier time for any Broadway show than the period between when the Tonys happened last year mm-hmm. to when Lynn Leslie and, and Pippa. Uh, Pippa Philippa Sue uh, left the show mm-hmm. July 9th of last year that period of time which would have been like mid-June mm-hmm. to July 9th it the the Richard Rogers was crazy chaos. It was chaos. Yeah, it really, really was. Um, and you, wa- that was your week one. Yeah, I I joined the show the day after the Tonys. Wow. Yeah. So I remember like we were, we were sitting down watching the Tonys, and I was with my friends uh, from school, and like they were like like kind of just like looking at me because they knew that I was just about to join the show and we watched like the Hamilton performance on the Tonys yeah. and all these all of the festivities and everything and I knew that I was going to be stepping into the show like that next day and um, I, I believe that's right I, the Tonys were were the Tonys on the 12th of that mm, year day maybe if the, if the Tonys were the 12th then I joined on that Tuesday which was um, uh, the 14th so that's okay. when I started rehearsals was the 14th so I joined right after the Tonys yeah and not knowing any sort of like not having any reference to how the show was on the outside because I hadn't really been around the theater or anything like that. I came and I got my script and then I left and then started rehearsals, but it was really overwhelming. I'd, I'd gone in. Ooh, I just to see like the, 
the edu not the edgerham but the ham for ham crowds at that right. time like that was that was at the time when it was still outside and mm-hmm. um people were lined up for blocks yeah just trying to get a ticket um it was around the time when uh lynn and everybody was leaving so and it was still with a lot of the original but it was with all of the original yeah i think i was the only new person yeah yeah so it was um it was strangely intimidating strangely just because um i'd never joined a show that was already created that yeah. was already running before. Mm-hmm. I like up to that point. I'd only been doing, I'd been doing a lot of newer works, or um, staying with one show as it's developing. Um, so I hadn't really joined a show where the, a role was established, and the show right. was still really in its like infancy. Right. Um, this is only like cl- coming up on two and a half, perhaps. Is that it? Well, yeah, yeah, two and a half, including the public. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 still very very young. Yeah. And so coming into that and just trying to keep a level head, it was it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't. So so, what was your experience of getting the job, the audition experience? Oh, okay. So um, I had been auditioning for the show since the public, right. um, off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, I I auditioned for the show. <laughs> And I was going in for Mulligan Madison ah. originally, and I auditioned at the public for the public production. I didn't. Um, I got a call back, but I didn't hear anything back from that. Mm-hmm. So I parted ways from it, and then we started auditioning again in January of last year, and I started. I like started getting information about it and like beginning that time to start um, prepping for auditions and then I started I, I did my audition two days after or the day after the Grammys the Grammy performance so like right. another like big hoopla of a moment yeah um, and I bombed it was yeah. so bad it was so bad I'd um, it was bad because I when when you get the audition uh, information they there's there's like a title sheet that they gave us yeah. and it said the names of the songs that you're going in for for that character or what you were doing and so or just for like the general audition or whatnot mm. and i'd read the titles uh the second round for the second round and i'd looked at it and i was like oh they're the same titles as the first round back when i was auditioning for the public so i know that in, i know that material i don't really need to look at it too much so i'd like rehearse that material internally by myself and then the day of the grammys happened and i was like let me just refresh like what that information was so i opened the email and i looked at the material for the new packet and the songs were the same the name of the title or the name of the songs were the same but the information had completely changed there was an old like the the verses for washington on your side were completely different the melody for theodosia changed the only thing that was like consistent was the mulligan madison rap and even when I was auditioning back at the public, I didn't have that in the sense of like breath support and everything. I yeah, couldn't get yeah, yeah. through it. Um, so I went into it. I, I crammed like crazy that night and I went into that audition and it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, the, like the, the accompanist uh, Ming at that oh, time, yeah, yeah, he was, Ming. he was, um, he like, 
tried to slow down for me for um, the stuff for Washington on your side, and I still couldn't get it. It yeah. was just, and I, I just gave up, left defeated, and I was like, well, that's never going to happen. So I left. I um, went back home that day, and I got a an email from my agent that asked if I wanted to do this reading at La Jolla. Mm. So um, I said yes, because I was like, I need to do something to wash away what just happened. <laughs> Send me to La Jolla. <laughs> Please, yes. So I did the reading at La Jolla, and then I came, uh, while I was there, uh, they'd asked me back, they called me back for Hamilton. And I was like, you must be crazy, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to question yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and Isn't I, that funny, though, how we do that, how we think we, we bomb something, it's the worst, mm-hmm. and that's when they call. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I I wasn't able to get there because I was still in California. Right. So I was um, I was like, can we reschedule? And mm-hmm. tried, and the rescheduling didn't happen. So I'd left that alone. I did another show in between, and then I got, an inf- I got information to come back again right. for Mulligan Madison. And I... Um, I started auditioning again in May, and I auditioned. Uh, I came in. I did uh, the general for Mulligan Madison, and then um, I got a call back, and they started adding tracks. So this was for Mulligan Madison and Lafayette Jefferson. So I learned all the material that uh, was oh required gosh. for that. You learned the entire show. Pretty Michael. much. <laughs> Pretty much. So I did that, and then um, that audition was great. And um, I'd gotten, I I thought that I was going towards the Chicago company. Right. Um, And I'd gotten information that they wanted me to come in for Hamilton for the Chicago company for um, the alternate standby for that. And I didn't really, I I, I had a hard time with it because I was like, I don't know if I can actually um, leave New York at that time. Yeah. So I turned that down. And then they had asked me if I was interested in coming in um, just for, like, future New York auditions or something like that, or just right. to, for future New York opportunities yeah. for it. And I was like, okay, um, I'll come in. So I'd, had, I'd learned the Hamilton material, and then, like, a week before, they said, can you also learn Burr? And I was like, <laughs> no. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and so I came oh in, my God. and I, I went in, and my very, very last audition for the show was for Hamilton and Burr. And then I left, and I went uh, to work, and I found out at work that I'd gotten Hamilton, that I was going to be the new Hamilton alternate. Where, what was work? I was catering um, for um, a catering company, uh, Thomas Preddy Catering. I was I was catering for that, and I um, where you were at work. T- I, I want to know exactly where I was in the basement, putting on my tuxedo, getting ready to because we just um, set up the event at Gotham Hall in New York, and I I was putting on my tuxedo, um, was just getting ready, and I saw that I had a missed phone call from my agent, so I was like, it must be some sort of, sort of information. Usually, after an audition, my agent calls me and asks like just how it went. Mm-hmm. And that's how the conversation started. Once I called him back, he was just like, "So how'd it go? How how was it?" And I was like, "And I I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, of course, there are things that I felt like I could do better, but I really really felt good about it. And um, you know that I'm I'm ready for like next year once we like if they call me back for it, so <laughs> that we can prep for it again." And he was like, "Well, I hope that you're ready to." 
perform the role of Hamilton on Broadway, and he'd he'd ha- like the, he had everything like on speakerphone, so everybody in the office was there, and they were like congratulations and all this stuff, and I was just like, what is what? Wow. Because, I mean, like, truly... And was that your Broadway debut? That's my Broadway debut. I never <laughs> thought that I was going to be on... I never thought that I was going to be on Broadway because, I like, the way that I got into theater it just didn't seem like a thing to me. Okay, well, let's never, th- tell me that. Well, what does that mean? You never thought you were going to be on Broadway. Yeah, because, I mean, I was... Theater, I started... I was doing... I've been doing theater since, like, middle school, but it was always mm-hmm. something like a side thing. And where did you sense. grow up? In Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. So I'd, I'd always... I'd been doing theater and singing and everything like since elementary school, but that was never something that I like, it was never a dream of mine to do theater. You know, um, I, I think that it sort of fits in. Like my, I remember talking with my brother and he was like, when you were younger, you used to like pretend that you were like Pat Sajak and like all of these things. And like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I guess I Pat. will of fortune was my, fa- one of my <laughs> favorite shows when I was younger. And so like, I, he said that I like would like pretend to be like a game show host when I was younger. Okay. And I guess that I don't remember that at all, but I guess I did that at some I, point. I pretended to be Vanna White. So oh, nice. We would have gotten along. Yeah, that, that's why we're here. <laughs> 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 but, um, he'd, uh, yeah, I I um I wanted to be an artist when I was younger. I wanted to I, I wanted to draw when I was younger. And then that evolved to me wanting to be a musician and um like I I had gone into college thinking that I was going to go in for music theory and composition because I wanted to be a composer at a point. And where were you at? It's where do you go to college? The University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That's Roll right. Tide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but we um yeah, I, so I, I I never really thought that I was going to do it. So I, when I was going in for auditions for school, I had auditioned for only two schools. I went in for two schools. I started to apply to other schools, but then I just decided that I was going to just stay in Alabama. I didn't want to go to um, anywhere that was super close to home, but not nothing that was super far away. Yeah. So I had auditioned for... Um, the University of Alabama in Birmingham, Alabama, and the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, um, which are both like a couple hours away from Huntsville. And so I got into the music program for both of those. But I also got into the theater program for the University of Alabama. And initially they'd given me more of a scholarship, so I was like, I'll go in for that. And even in college, it was something that I just did I'd gotten into shows and I was doing things and meeting new people, but it wasn't anything that I thought I'd do as a career. I'd still been, I was like still saving money to like my, like the dream that I had was I was going to move to Europe and be like a session guitarist or a producer or a composer or something like that. Wow. Um, I'd wanted to compose for Nintendo for a long time. So for Nintendo? For Nintendo, yeah. So <laughs> not, not like, I don't know where, like the connection makes no sense, like not doing going to europe and composing for nintendo i didn't know how but that's how my mind worked so they really put out some good hits yeah you know you know yeah but um that's amazing like that could i mean not that it's as you love music but you were in college and this was not the no. path still. No. So you're studying music. You you graduate from college, and then well, what what happened was I I did an apprenticeship in North Carolina at this theater called Flat Rock Playhouse. 
Okay. And the, the, the reason why I like, didn't really think about theater being something that I wanted to do was that I didn't feel like I belonged there. I felt like I was, I always felt like I was new to it. I didn't feel like I fit the personality type right. that I was seeing. What, what personality type? I feel like the personality is like very, very competitive and very, very um, extroverted. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a competitive person. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but I, the, there's, there's something about, there's something about the, the assumption of being an act- actor right. that didn't fit with me. Sure. You're not a in your face, loud, yeah. crazy person. Like that type of person. Like I, maybe I, like me, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like I, yeah. in, in, in a comfortable crowd or a crowd of people that I trust, like, yeah. absolutely. Like go all out. Inhibition's gone. Like yes. anything like that. But for a career path, it, I just did not fit into it. Right. And I always, I, I very, very often felt like an outsider in school in that sense. Hmm. Um, yeah, it just didn't feel like that. But once I went to Flat Rock, that's where it sort of clicked because I felt like I belonged into what all of the aspects of theater. What what I love about this craft is that it's something that that so many different departments and so many different people come together to do. Right. And so when we were there, like any like apprenticeships, you're doing every job yeah that is in theater and i loved that you know on top of that like at flat rock like you also park cars and you're doing like the children's shows and all these things that are happening like you're you're taking classes and you're learning so much it it felt right to me and so i left flat rock and i was really excited and i thought that i would be able to um i thought that i could do it after that i did the apprenticeship two separate summers uh, back to back and after the first year I was like I can make this my career but then I also didn't want to move to New York at that time so I was like I I, I didn't want to move to New York because I felt like it was a dream killer <laughs> in a sense I felt like so many people that I knew of would go to New York and then like just stop wanting to act Right, and that made me feel like what's the point of doing this if if that's what New York does to you? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to move to New York. I had no mindset of moving to California in any sense. So I was like, I would look at other places and I started looking at like Chicago and like Seattle for theater and things like that. And then um, my professors were like, you know, you're moving to New York. You have to. Wow. And so we did our showcase. And after the showcase, I met my agent, uh, my agency and it's been like that since I, I moved and bam. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's be, it's been like that, but obviously you're learning how to survive in New York. It's not whole easy. And you're, other you're, education. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of, you know, like in, this is living the dream. So a lot of, you know, what I love to talk about is that part yeah. is that, you know, it's not just about. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I say bam, but, but you're, you're, you're yeah, no, but yeah, well, bam, 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 yes. bam. bam yes. But, but I mean, I don't, you know, my favorite fun fact about you is your yeah. age because <laughs> it's not, and I don't, I don't have to say it. You can say it if you, you want, can say it if you want, but, yeah. uh, the man is 26 years old. Okay. Uh, I got 10 years almost exactly on this guy. But what I love about that, Michael, is that you have more maturity to you than 
most people my age. And I think that the the weight of a role like this um, could really not just, you know, you know, people could maybe people can do it, but not do it with the amount of grace and humility and dedication that that you're doing at 26. Thank I think you. it's incredibly impressive. But I think that this is making a lot more sense to me now that you didn't go into this thinking this was you were going to your ambition wasn't this the entire time. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of unfolded because you've been open to whatever the universe brings you as an artist. Mm-hmm. You're an artist first and that's that seems that really makes a lot more sense to me right. now. Yeah. You say that. But but what I what I mean in terms of you get to New York, you have to learn how to feed yourself and survive without doing your art. How well, yeah. hard was that? It was very hard. Like I still I I feel like without sounding like without sounding like damaged or anything like that there's still things that I'm learning from that now yeah you know um from that crash course of it when I moved to New York I'd I had a sublet for so I moved to New York on the 1st of September 2013 and my sublet that I had gotten from a friend um ended the 17th of October mm mm-hmm. mhm same year and so i had like that much time and i didn't know what was after that but i'd gone to new york with this one audition my agent had sent me an audition for the show called witness uganda mm-hmm. and on the train i took a train from alabama to new york and on the train i was like reading the audition and everything like that and i'd auditioned for the show once i got there on and on and on and i got the show on the the day before i left I booked the show. Right. In between all of that time was figuring out what it is to live on your own without knowing what's going to come next. Because with that show, if something had happened like, oh, we need you to stay until the 18th. Right. What does that mean? I don't have a place to live. So where am I going to stay? Right. I don't like, I don't know any of those things. And so that like, it felt very, 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 very small. Like right. everything needed to happen, like now, now, and it's now, always, now, now. And it's always like, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. This is the opportunity that is being presented to you. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to figure out all the other stuff. Yeah, it's, I was, I was looking at, um, I was looking at jobs. I was trying to get like things as an. I tried to become like an usher at mm. a point to, to try to get something, um, but I had no job experience. I had no work experience. I right. always. In between summers and stuff like that, I did like summer stock or I did an apprenticeship or something. Right. And I wasn't working through college. So it was like the money that I made in college was for playing guitar for people. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have that sort of job. And I wasn't to the to the level of skill to play for a show at that time. So I was like, I can't, there's nothing that I can really do. So I have to be working in shows. So the money that I went to New York with, I had to figure out how to like cut that so that I can buy food and survive in that sense it was really really difficult plus the rent money and everything that i had so it's like figuring out where that goes um but i i got that show and then i i did witness uganda at the american repertory theater in cambridge massachusetts where i saw you yes because that was written by my friends griffin Mm -hmm. and matt yes and i went to i went to carnegie mellon with with griffin yeah yeah and leslie odom Mm mm-hmm yeah, we were all in the same class. All yeah, and all. you were phenomenal. Thank you. You were, it was, 
gorgeous, gorgeous production. The cast was amazing, and and your part in particular was just like that was remarkable. So it must have been quite the experience to it, put that up. It was a hell of a learning experience because, like, I didn't have money to like take classes. There's so many people that would tell me like, once you get to New York, like you have to take classes. You have to like keep building your skill and everything like that and take dance classes and take acting classes and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And my education after school was really from learning from my fellow actors and what they did. They had the, the range of experience was from people who are new to New York, like me who just graduated to people who have been in the business and been on Broadway and been doing things for so long. And it's just like, these are the people that I'm learning from. Right. This is where I learn. Right. Being tossed in the fire, doing a lead lead role for this new show it's like that's where i'm getting my education from right. from there you know so it's that that tribe that you create in college those people that you uh work with mm-hmm. uh in, on an equal footing in in college when you get out into the real world they become so much more important mm-hmm. and those those relationships are are it's really important to keep those relationships yeah and to and to take care of each other because someone's going to have success, someone's going to have failure at different mm-hmm. moments. It's not all going to happen at the same time for everyone, and you need to catch each other and support each other. And it's yeah. just priceless. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, like after after that show had finished, I moved back to New York, and I once again had no job, and. It was like a dry season for auditions and things like that. And I stayed temporarily with the stage manager from Witness Uganda. And I also had lined up um, for after that sublet to spend time with one of the um, ASMs Mm -hmm. uh, there, one of the assistant stage managers um, from the show. And in between that time, I was looking for work, trying to get a job. But also, it was my first time being in New York. So I didn't know the game yeah. of like living in New York really well, and um, yeah, it was hard. Like I, it was like immediate high and then immediate low. I'd 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 started looking for like my own work and everything like that outside of my agency, and I found this commercial thing, and I got the commercial, and I did the like small commercial thing. I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> Never saw any footage from it. I've done a few of those things. Yeah. where you're like. Where did that what, ever what go? What was that thing? Yeah. I feel like it was like it, like there's a picture or some media of me in like Australia or some Yeah, some place. other company. Yeah. But um I did I did that and then like the next week I tried to get this job as a bartender and I got scammed out of like what? 200 200 something dollars. Wait, what? Yeah. How? I, it was it was a whole setup of like <gasps> Like I, I went in and I, I thought that I was going in for, like I, they, they, I, I paid for like this, like a background check and for classes to take, to get my like bartending certificate or some something like that, and me being me, yeah. like I was like okay, so I'm gonna go and before the class starts, like I'm gonna learn how to make all these drinks and everything like that. So that I'm a, I'm ready for the class. I know some information, and so yeah. I started looking up that, and I started looking at some information about like bartending certificate or whatever that thing was. And there was this article that was like bartending certificate, yes or no, or like real or fake. 
question mark. And I was like, what? And I started reading that and I read the article and it was like, there's no such thing as this. I was like, wait. And so I started looking up more information about the place and it was like stock photos on a website. And I was like, this is insane. And then I was like, I, I, I don't know what, wait. And so I yeah. was like looking and there was no way for me to get my money back. And even if like I tried to call like um, the Better Business Bureau and try to figure out if I can get money off of that, like for not money back, but like if I could get these people shut down, but at the same time I'd have to pay more money so yeah, that they could yeah. go find them. Yeah. And this was like my savings. I was living off my savings at that point from Ugh. that I made from Witness Yeah, Uganda. of course. And so I was like, I don't know. I, ca- I can't risk that. And so I was out 200 something dollars that was going towards other things. And I didn't have a lot at that point, plus like rent money saved. So I needed to like strategize all that. And I was just like, okay. So I was so mad at that moment. Oh my God. It was just yeah. like, this is like the taste of New York that I was feeling. Yeah. And so after that, I moved in and I uh, went to, um, I did the second sublet. Um, and I finally found a job and I, I, it was, I found the catering, catering. job with Thomas great, Freddy. Great gig. Yeah. But at that time, it was also it was also frustrating because I was trying to get the job honest. I was trying to get jobs honestly, and I was <laughs> it's not not easy. It's not easy when you have no experience yeah. and like you're trying to fill a re- resume with yeah. all the things that you have done. Oof. A work resume for a muggle job, it's like it's so hard to do. Yeah, and so I was like, I, I, I found I found the uh, thing. I found the like I found a reference, and I like faked it till I make made it until I got into Thomas Preddy to to get into that and I was like they and they 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 gave me the job I filled out the paperwork and everything like that and they gave me the job and I went in and I was like I was just so appreciative and so grateful for every single time that I went to cater because it's one of those things that I feel like you can I, I feel like there are experiences where it's like you can be very jaded about it right and you can like be very mad about it but I was just like Without this job, without these people, I could not, I would not be living in New York. I could not be surviving here. I could not survive. Absolutely. And there was also a crushing time because it was like, I was doing, I was doing Witness Uganda, like Witness Uganda was developing into um, its production that we did off Broadway, but I like lost my sublet. And so I was almost... I almost was like homeless for a little bit. Wow. So I like needed to figure that out. And I had some friends from college who took me in and I stayed with them, but it was like all of that stuff was happening so fast. And there was like successes, but like really like murky things that were happening at the time Mm -hmm. that was, I didn't know how to process that. And it took me, it's taking me some time to like unwind that, that it's still like it, it affects you in a sense that it makes you, it it adds to your gratitude. It adds to your. It adds to your wisdom and your knowledge for what to do. Yes. How to survive. Yes. How to work. Yes. How to treat other people. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's uh, you know I always say that those years where I was out there not knowing how I was going to make ends meet, mm-hmm. didn't even really care about auditions. I was trying to get jobs that would pay the bills yeah. like that like those side jobs i am so grateful for them 
now, not just because they are the reason that I was able to stay in New York, stay in Los Angeles, keep doing what I loved, Mm -hmm. but because they make me a better artist and a better actor today. Yes. When I walk out on that stage, I have a gratitude that I know I created waiting on tables, Mm -hmm. working at a a call center where, you know, doing crazy jobs. Like I've catered so many times, Uh you know, like, I, I mean, those, those side jobs are what gave me so much of my gratitude because gratitude's a wonderful, wonderful, uh, resource mm-hmm. when, when we're doing what we're what we do and you know i i mean I, I would say that it's hard to tell somebody while you're doing that job that you know don't worry one day you're gonna be grateful for this yeah it's hard but it's true i think i i think it's it's one of those things that when it comes to gratitude that gratitude is excellent when it's when it's expressed for just for being right. I, I i heard this i heard this a couple of days ago of just like i heard i heard this like reiterated a couple of days ago um where it's just like like not not being grateful solely for the things that you have or the way that you feel but just because of the way things are you might not be ready for this experience or ready to say that you're grateful for this thing but this thing has happened and you don't know what how how far the like the ripples will be like right. what that how it'll extend right you don't know what's coming from this experience right. so yes it might be very difficult at the time but it's like to be grateful for the fact that it's even happening to you right you know ahead of the time you have no idea where you'll be a week from now slash a like years from now when i like when we 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 did this performance for witness uganda which became invisible thread mm-hmm. uh for its for its off broadway run we were projected to go to broadway at mm-hmm. that time and we'd had this performance where we it was like at joe joe's pub joe's pub is at the public yes yes so um yeah we had a performance at joe's pub and we um we did this performance there, one of like our opening number, and they had introduced us as this show that's going to Broadway, Witness Uganda. And like we went up and we were like so excited. And this was two days before I like had to fill up my lease. Right. No, not even fill up my lease. It was already way past that time. It was two days before I didn't have a place to live. I see. And so it was like, I'm like experiencing this thing where people are like so excited in one vein. And then at the same time, it's like, you don't know, like, I don't know where I'm going to live. Right. Where I'm going to put the, the clothes that I've amassed and the things that I brought from Alabama and all this stuff. It's like, I don't know what to do with all of this. Right. And now I'm like, and like, I didn't know. And I got a call. I got a text from my, one of my former uh, schoolmates that night saying like I could stay with them and he like had no idea what my situation was he was just like you can sleep in our like sleep on our couch we're we're moving to New York so like we have extra space you can stay here right. and it's just like I'm so grateful for it now in hindsight it was so difficult to be grateful for it at that time but it's yeah. just like look at where we are now this is and not even saying like this is a constant thing like being realistic who knows what's going to happen after this right. but at the same time it's like it's not so much about like 
being grateful just so you can be happy in the future. It's just like for what is here right now at the present moment. No, there's this business teaches you how to live in the present really quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you have to, you have to be taking on life one day at a time and just little by little, because you don't have any kind of reassurance that your job will be there for you, that your lease mm-hmm. will will be there for you, and that you know it's it, it's tough, yes. it's tough, but it's also you know the trade off for living an exciting, artistic, crazy journey, yeah. you know, and it's what it's one of the reasons why it's it's so exciting and thrilling. Um, you I talked, you said um, when you were talking about bartending that that. You being you, you studied all the bar, the all the drinks, and you mm-hmm. wanted to be prepared. And I know exactly what that means because you are very disciplined. That's what I, I would say. You are, you have an athlete's discipline because <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will come up and and see you blowing in a straw, leaning over a cup of of hot water, breathing it in. <laughs> Uh, eating pineapple every day, mm-hmm. every day, and so you you have your specific things that you prepare to go on stage mm-hmm. for for vocally. Yeah. Uh, wh- where do those all come from? And 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 do you feel like having that kind of discipline is where does that come from in you? Um. The, the the extra things like the pineapple and the straw and everything like that comes I think that the base of that comes from the fact that I when I like going back to where I was like I don't feel like college I didn't feel like I belonged in theater right. like I know that I can sing right I know that I can but the technique of it the technique of singing the technique of acting and all of those things I didn't feel like I had those hmm. when I was younger I, I younger I'm 26 but like years ago yeah. but um I so I I I didn't know what that technique was. So back when I was like in college, I like looked up things of like how does like pr- like how to save your voice and like what to do and everything like that. And I would like practice in private and like in my rooms and things like that of like how to do certain things uh, that I feel like I didn't know. Right. And I remember reading when I was doing summer stock at some point um, uh, that pineapple is like pineapple helps your voice. Um, uh, that's like an anti-inflammatory and all of these things, and right. I was like, oh, "Okay." So I like at that time Started I was drinking like part, pineapple. I was drinking pineapple juice and everything like that, right. and let it be because it was or because of placebo. Like I was just like, "It's really working, okay. right. And so that's continued since. And um, I think that the straw thing came from. Did that come from Griffin or was that? I it was either from Griffin or. Well, like beforehand, I'd no, 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 no. This was back when I um first moved to New York. I'd seen this video that was that said the same thing, and I was like, when I was going in for auditions for Witness Uganda, I felt like I was blowing my voice out so much, right. and so I was looking up some stuff then, and I saw this video about using a straw and blowing into a straw and warming up with that, and how it helps like focus your voice and things, and I was like, oh, okay, so I started that. The steam thing I got from just listening to other people, but it's like, I guess where that comes from is the fact that there's still that person inside of me that's like the technique, 
like just trying to like get the technique straight yeah and make sure that i can that i'm ready to prepare that i'm prepared enough to do the next thing to do the next scene to be there for support for my scene partners and everything like that because i know the emotional journey and all these things that goes into the shows that i do right. slash i know that i always want to leave room to play and so there may be something where i want to try something different in the show i'm going to do something that i've never done and i want to at least be warm or warm, warm and know the technique enough so that i can play and like right. improvise within the bounds of directing direction you know um to do those things um yeah, I, I I try to I've I've been experimenting with like weaning myself off of a lot of the things that I do the teas that I make I eat ginger in the middle of the show green apples and things like that but um like I, just all of those things that I do I try to wean myself off of it a little bit so that I can um still be able to just do it when I need to. One of these days you're gonna have like a pineapple in your mouth while you walk on stage or something. <laughs> the, the, like sometimes sometimes not intentionally but yeah. like I'll like. I'll be walking on stage and it's like I'm I'm just about to be late and I have like a pocket of pineapple left yeah. and I'm like just keep it in there and then sure. like when I'm silent just like use sure. it then. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> but I mean I think that it's given you I think it's so great because anytime you can have some kind of ritual or or way that you approach the work mm-hmm. that gives you uh the confidence whether it's and also like clearly those things are helping you vocally the physical help is amazing and you're what the output is is great it's it's i I think you're gonna really double the sale of pineapples after this podcast (laughs) at least in hell's kitchen um but you know i i think that it's also shows that where you came from and this is what i was saying before that you telling me more about you, how you started in theater, feeling like an outsider, feeling like, you know, I, I always say that people who don't go to one of those big schools who are like, you know, the conservatory training and like, mm-hmm. this is it. A lot of the people who come from schools that aren't necessarily those top three or four schools where you feel like you're, you're owed something when you get mm-hmm. out, you feel like you've been uh, a part of this track from way before you got to college yeah. you you know you had this planned out and your ambition has been since you were a young kid and you know i would put myself into that spoiled cat- category in in a way okay. from just that i've wanted to do this since i was eight years old you know and i and so you think that certain things are just going to be given to you mm-hmm. when you leave college clearly for you you were like I just came into this. I feel like an outsider. I feel like that I'm not sure this is even, I belong. Mm -hmm. And so you worked harder. You didn't feel like anything was owed to you. And you continue to do that. You are working very hard backstage Mm -hmm. and to make sure that you are giving the best performance. And that's our job. Yeah. That's literally like our job, you know? And so it's, it's just such a, it's a moving thing to me to see you do that and to see you go from, and I want to talk about this, go from doing it once a week Mm -hmm. to going to doing it eight times or seven times a week, uh, 
What was that transition like for you? Um, I it's I I with this show in particular, it's it it feels like like I don't I don't know how I will ever pay back the um the opportunity that's been given to me. Like this, I I always feel like this is a huge. It's a huge responsibility, but it's a huge thing that's been entrusted upon me. And I, 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 I love everybody who's had a part of the decision who brought me into the show. Right. And so when doing the show once a week, a couple times a week, being um, Javi's alternate, what I, like, what I had with that is that you, there was so much it – was, it, was, it was frustrating at times because I'd been so used to doing shows – Seven, seven times a week, eight right. times a week, doing shows like as a lead, as a part of the ensemble, something like that. That was just in my body. So when I got that first taste in New York of doing it, and then I'd take a seat. Yeah, it was so weird, and I had yeah. so much energy to do that. And just doing it a few times a week was was weird to me at first, and then. I understood what that was as that position, you know, because if like you have like a main role and then you have an alternate and both of you are burned out, how are you going to do the show? Right. You know? And so it was, it was a really interesting learning process of like how to focus that energy and figure out like what I can do. And like, now I do have to figure out like a process so that I can maintain that support system Yeah, to be there, yeah. you know? And so it was like that. Once conversations and finality of um, the figures to make this happen, to make um, uh, the tour happen, to be doing it seven times a week, it's been it's been more discipline. And yeah. what what it is is like it's it's now it's now to a point where I mean, we've been here for about two months. Like experimenting every week of like what can I do in my professional work to make the show happen every week slash what can I do in my personal life to make sure that I'm still healthy heart mind soul body everything so that I can do that and still be a person yeah. and um oh what was I gonna say I forgot what I was gonna say that's fine um but um I think that doing doing this eight times a week or seven times a week now is um, it's it, that I think that's what I was going to say. It was just, you know, that you're going, there's going to be fatigue. You know, that there's, that you're going to be tired and all these things. And I've gotten to a point where it's like, you know, those things, you don't have to waste a lot of energy on worrying about it. Cause it's only going to deplete <laughs> you, you even more. It, you accept it and you do the show that you can do. Try to create what you can do that create a show that you can do seven times a week, back to back to back to back, something on two show days, everything like that, so that you know what it is. Right. And know that the hits are gonna come when they come. You're gonna get a strange pain in this area that you weren't expecting to because you did some move or whatever. That's probably gonna happen. I felt that today. Yeah. Of just like a random thing, and then it's like, okay, stretch and then you're good. Yeah. But it's like random things will happen to your body because you're pushing it even more than an alternate position where you're only doing it once a week or a couple times a week. Sure. 
you're pushing yourself. And so it's like knowing knowing that you're pushing yourself yeah. a little bit more than ever before and accepting that and knowing that at the same time, like sometimes you're going to feel, sometimes I feel like I can't do it. Yeah. And how, and the world's <laughs> going to know your name. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton. Oh, no. <laughs> like, and, like I don't know what's going to happen for this show because I yeah. feel like I'll, like sometimes I'll get to the end of my shot and I'm like, I'm dead. But there's still like fifty something more songs to go. <laughs> fifty, yeah. How do I do this? Yeah. And so it's like relying on the the show that you've built and mm-hmm. relying on the discipline of just like like I I try to create like not not a seven show week, but like just a little over, like something that I can do like if it's an impossible situation, it's never gonna happen. But like a ten show week or something like that prepare enough so that it's like you know that you have enough space or enough energy to do everything else right so it's like i know that i'm tired i'm relying on the fact that i'm i have this extra energy that i planned instead of two show days it's like a three show day Hmm. okay great now i i have three show energy and i'm gonna feel very tired by two but as long as there's enough to do a third show then I think that I'm good. Now I'm worried that you're going home and doing a third show, Michael. No. Goodness, no. I get home, I eat, TV's on sometimes, yeah. I'll read, but I'll stretch out, warm down, cool down, and everything like that. But like, I'm, I'm done. Or you that. write in your journal in yes. the smallest little writing I've ever yes. seen in my life. Michael has a journal, and he, how many lines do you write within Three to mark? six. Three to six. Lines within lines. the two lines. Within the two lines. Yeah. That's how small he can write. I've never seen anything like it. It's comforting. But, it's, but that's not something... You're, you're journaling, so it's not always like you going back and writing or reading through it. It's kind yeah. of just... It's just a lot of it stream of conscious. Sometimes it will evolve to like ideas and things that I've had or letters that I'm writing to people that right. I'll never send or conversations that I'm having with ideas or anything like that but it's just it's kind of like a meditation yeah it's just writing yeah like yeah it's beautiful i really really think you should like wallpaper something with it one day (laughs) it's gorgeous it's like it's it looks i don't know it's it's like a beautiful design yeah um but before we go i wanted to talk about my favorite part of the show we have to end michael you have a lot of pineapple to eat before tonight's performance <laughs> i just love talking to you so this is great um, hey we got it we got a whole bunch of time to talk yeah um but my favorite part of the show which i told you recently mm-hmm. i was gonna wait until we talked on this podcast but i couldn't is they changed my the end of my show mm-hmm. when i come out for who lives who dies who tells your story i enter from the the surround at mm-hmm. center stage where you are just exiting mm-hmm. and so we have this moment at the end of the show where you're coming off stage and i get to give you a hug yeah and it is such a, an awesome moment for me because i'm not just uh I, i'm so proud of you if i can say that i'm Thank so you. proud of of getting to uh, and honored to have gotten to be there for your first day, seeing you come into the Richard Rogers and seeing uh, a man who was like wide eyed, like, 
Oh my God. And who just handled it so, so well. And who has come to this place in San Francisco and just been a leader and who gives all of himself as an actor in a way that I, I it's it challenges me to be a better performer. You what where when you walk off that stage and you have those tears in your eyes and when we get to hug, I know it's like it's a lot. It's not it's just it's about letting go of some of the energy that you just had to to put out there mm-hmm. on that stage and um and uh I'm honored to get to have that. I think it was the universe. I'm, I'm, I love that that happens every single night. Yeah. I really I, do. I also I'll also share that um you know, I've thought you were amazing from your first show, but sometimes it you realize something when somebody else from a different perspective says it. <laughs> and I'll never forget uh your for- first show that Renee Elise Goldsberry was in because I think she was away. She was that like the first week that I was yeah. in. Yeah. So she, you had done the show and she came into the show and it was uh, during Quiet Uptown. I always saw her at the end of that, which is always a very emotional song for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was grabbing an extra amount of Kleenex after her first time seeing that with you performing in Quiet Uptown, and she just said to me. He's just so good. He's so good. And I wanted to tell you that because it, how many hundreds of times that she did that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's hard for mm-hmm. for people like us who come into a show mm-hmm. to be, like you had said, never. I had never done that, come into a show that was up there, to um, respect the the baby that was birthed by these by these human beings and who loved it so much and uh i just thought yeah he is he is good and if renee can see that he must be damn good and you know there's a reason why you're here being our leader our hamilton in uh san francisco and so i I just wanted to share that thank you for that you're welcome yeah oh gosh (laughs) Whew. <laughs> uh, wow yeah yeah that's, no i, I know that's it's, it's it's the thing that i love about this it's it's it i mean like i said before just the community of it yeah to be able to be working with such amazing artists at this point in my life learning from them and being able to create and express with them it's with all of all of us who are here you know right it's 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 the most amazing thing it is, yeah. and uh, I've learned a lot from you, young man. <laughs> I really have, and I, 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 I look up to you for your discipline and your heart, and you don't leave anything off the table or out. Uh, you, you give all of yourself on that stage, and uh, it's truly, truly remarkable. Thank so, you. Thank you, and thank you for giving all of yourself to living the dream podcast Hex, yes <laughs> <laughs> all right and, and so you have to tell other cast members that it's fun to do that's what i always say the, the, you do always say that in the podcast i, I listen to I, it so I'm like, because yeah. i want i don't want <laughs> yeah. them to be afraid when i ask them yeah, to do the, it i don't know why i don't know why anybody would be i mean this is okay, like good. this is 
it's you're just talking. I love this. It's fun, right? To have a longer because you know I started it because we had the so much Twitter and Uh you know social media, but it's like sitting down and having a long conversation with another human being, another artist about the reality of of what it really takes, and you know how wonderful it is and how difficult it is. So I appreciate your honesty. Yes. And uh, for doing it. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Let's get to blowing in those straws and eating that pineapple. Show number two. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Audition side jobs swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.